What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about the NFL and fantasy football at large for SportingNews.com. So it's kind of a slow time as we get into the NFL offseason. We had the rookie mini camps, and we're going to soon get into the regular veteran mini camps. And we'll have a little bit of a break here to kind of regroup, kind of reset the table for what's going to be the NFL in 2017 and fantasy football. This is where you're going to pay attention and see the offseason movements, how they come together, whether it be free agent moves or the draft. They're going to shake up a lot of things that we knew in fantasy football to end 2016, as well as the injury rehabs that you have to pay attention to. And we didn't really get too much into the quarterbacks in fantasy football from the 2017 NFL draft because really there's only one I think that's going to affect how the landscape of fantasy football looks, not just from that position, but other positions on his own team, and that would be Deshaun Watson being drafted by the Texans, number 12 overall, the trade-up with the Browns there. And you look at uh, what Watson can do is displace Tom Savage, first of all, as the starting quarterback in Houston. They should expect that. They moved up from 25 to 12 to get him. I wrote a little bit about him and his abilities a couple times. I think he is the front-runner for offensive rookie of the year and I think the Texans really need him in their starting because you look around the division Andrew Luck the Colts keep improving better offensive skill players better offensive line we already saw the offensive line come to fruition for Marcus Mariota there in Tennessee now they went to work on his weapons getting Corey Davis in the draft so these teams are going to have some more firepower the Jaguars of course added Leonard Fournette with the number four overall pick so the Texans are going to need to do a better job on offense. They've gotten away with the mediocre quarterback play at best here. Brian Hoyer was actually better than their combination of Brock Osweiler and Savage last year to go 9-7 and seven the past couple of years. But we know they have to be better offensively, and that's going to be good for fantasy football because they do have some skill position talent there that could be helped and could be a lot more impressive than they were last season. And you look at Watson, I, I think – First off, the element just gives them a legitimate quarterback. And they've needed a guy that can push the ball downfield, but also move around a little bit, buy some time to make those throws. And I think the most disappointing thing, I think, in fantasy last year was the play of DeAndre Hopkins just because he came up so huge for his owners in 2015, and then he had to struggle through those bad quarterback issues last year because the upside was so high. We said, okay, he was going to produce so well with all these bad quarterbacks a couple of years ago. So we said, okay, no big deal if it's Osweiler 
and or Savage in there that you wouldn't see too much of a drop-off from Hopkins. But we did see the drop-off. The chemistry was really bad. I think that extremely hurt Hopkins. Well, Hoyer, wherever he's gone, wherever he's been healthy, he's been able to get the ball in the hands of the number one receiver. Osweiler, the chemistry just wasn't there overall, and that's why they had to quickly move on from him, took advantage of the ability to salary dump him to the Browns a little bit, and Browns getting the draft pick there. They were very happy to do that, to move away from Osweiler, because the chemistry with Hopkins, that had to hurt this team the most, especially when you also look at how they invested there, the Texans did last year, getting Wolf Fuller in the draft, getting Braxton Miller. Miller, of course, got Hart down the stretch. Fuller was still trying to get up to speed. He was a speed receiver that was trying to get open as a number two. But when Hopkins was struggling, then Fuller missed a game later in the season with hamstring issues that the passing game just kind of blew up in the Texans' face with Osweiler in control and really the most reliable guy out there. And that was not a good sign with C.J. Fedorowicz just – being able to throw underneath to the tight end, that was about it that you could look forward to in the Texans passing game that was consistent. Hopkins was under 1,000 yards, only had the four TDs, had the double digits the previous year, which went off. So very disappointing overall PPR standard leagues because of the Osweiler connection for Hopkins. That's what I think we're the most intrigued about. We want Watson on the field to really raise the level of Hopkins. And they actually missed each other at Clemson a year apart when – Hopkins ended, uh, they were still a year away from Watson starting to be on campus and starting playing that offense. But it can't hurt being in the same offensive scheme with Dabo Swinney. We've seen different receivers continue to thrive in that, whether it be Sammy Watkins and up through Mike Williams, the first-round draft pick of the Chargers this year. He's had different guys go off and produce here in that offense and I think that's familiarity just trying to get some concepts and routes that both Watson and Hopkins are familiar for with language and all that from their different times at Clemson but similar offenses so I think that's the biggest thing that you look at with the Watson upside here around him would be Hopkins because it couldn't get much worse for Hopkins being that talented of a receiver and being stuck where the ball isn't getting to him enough the efficiency really dropped where the targets were still pretty high, well over 100, but just not the same volume of targets and not the same efficiency. And I think that will change a lot because uh, we know Watson spread the ball very well, Clemson, but he still had a clear go-to guy in big situations with Williams. And I expect Hopkins to kind of be that guy again for him. And I, I think this Texans coaching staff, it's on them, but they should really take advantage of the fact that these two guys had the same offensive system in the past. They can get them on the same page, and I think that's going to be big for Watson as well as he tries to start over Savage. I don't think it's a given for sure. I think it should be because he's just the more talented player at this point. Savage, very little upside. He's not going to do much for you in relation to what Luck and Mariota can do for the Colts and Titans respectively. So when you look at Watson, that's going to be the number one thing to get him on the field. The chemistry with Hopkins in the similar type scheme, and Hopkins is going to be very happy with that. He's probably going to want to accelerate, and after last year's disaster disaster with Osweiler and Savage that you're going to see Hopkins have a little bit more pep in his step, especially with another Clemson Tiger in there throwing him the ball. So the next guy that you look at that's affected by the Watson draft pick is Lamar Miller. And Lamar Miller... He came to the Texans on that big free agent deal. The Dolphins kind of didn't want to bring him back because they didn't see him as a guy that could 
be on the field, take the grind of those 250 to 300 carries. They didn't want to get him that much because I think they knew he would lose some effectiveness. He's such a speed-based running back that the overwork last year was a bit overwhelming for him. He wasn't used to that role in Miami. They always had complementary issues. They always kind of scaled him back, and I think that was for the reason. They wanted to keep him fresh and fast, and that's when he's most effective. And if you look back, if you remember in Miami, in previous off- offenses, they've gone through the ringer there now with Adam Gaze. They're working with Ryan Tannehill. But in previous incarnations of this offense, that you saw a lot of uh, zone read looks with Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Miller. And it really helped Miller because you had two guys with extreme quickness out of there. Tannehill, very athletic quarterback. And then you had Miller who could uh, turn on a dime there, get to the outside. So... It was very tough for defenses to kind of react to that. It it was a very successful play either with Tannehill getting some good yardage or Miller going off. So you didn't do that often, but it would be crazy to think that the Texans wouldn't think about that at all with Watson and Miller giving how well Watson can run, and he's very accomplished at doing that in college, and Miller can play off that pretty well with the speed. So I think you're going to see more of that wrinkle in this offense. They – Again, you have to use all the talents of your quarterback. And you look at, number one, that Clemson scheme that you can get Hopkins going a little bit more with Watson. Number two is using the athleticism here to get Miller a little bit going. And this is a team that really didn't see too much change in his offensive line, got healthier at a couple positions. Uh, Nick Martin, I think the center, that's uh, Zach Martin's brother from Notre Dame, didn't get a chance to play as a rookie last year. I thought he could have a big year at center. He gets a chance there to anchor the middle of that offensive line. So that's definitely going to help. But they definitely need to shake up this running game a little bit where they give teams a different looks, keep them off balance. So two ways they can do that is a Watson being able to spread the field and stretch it better with Hopkins and then have this wrinkle horizontally with the zone read that can uh, keep defenses on their toes as well. So I think this is a good development for Lamar Miller. Yeah, they drafted Dante Foreman, the running back from – University of Texas, right down the street there in Austin. He's going to be the guy that's going to help Miller stay fresh here. I think you'll see him pound a little bit. They haven't had necessarily the guy. I mean, they've thrown it out for Blue, Jonathan Grimes, like that. But Foreman comes in more accomplished than both of those players, really. So Foreman's going to help take pressure off Miller, seeing that uh, big low that slowed him down a little bit last year, and that he's going to stay fresh enough to play with the zone read with Watson. So some good developments there for Hopkins and Miller, especially with the Watson trickle-down effect. Now, you wonder what's going to happen with the other receivers. We're hoping Miller comes back healthy as the number three. That's Braxton Miller. And then Will Fuller in the mix. You've had Jalen Strong kind of hang around. But I don't know if you're going to expect too much from those guys because I think Fuller, Miller, Braxton, that is, there's still some – question mark about who's going to be the busier target there. Easily could be Miller the way that Fuller struggled a bit as a rookie. There's not too much separation. I know Fuller's the first rounder, so they're going to give him every chance. And you'd think just by Hopkins being more effective and drawing a little bit more attention that Fuller is going to be more dangerous. I think Hopkins, people realize he wasn't doing too much with Osweiler. So you're hoping that Fuller would be a factor when teams would have to go more towards Hopkins and leave Fuller one-on-one. And that did materialize in some big plays early in the year, but then they saw that on tape that Osweiler and Hopkins, they could 
get away with not going overboard in coverage there, and uh, that really hurt Fuller where he wasn't seeing the better looks, and then he got slowed down by the hamstring as well. So Fuller, Braxton Miller both coming off injuries. We'll have to see how that pecking order materializes, but I think they were still drafted to be the Fuller, that speed outside guy, number two, to play off Hopkins as the number one, and then Miller to work in the slot. I think that's how they would ideally like to develop that situation, and that's how I would look for it to go assuming both players are healthy and up to speed as we go through the uh, mini camps and the training camp. So I just can't see either draftable right now. I think it's worth watching. I think Watson immediately being a more legitimate quarterback brings more receivers in Houston to mind. I think you also can look at uh, C.J. Fedorowicz being a factor here because we know the rookie quarterback the security blanket is always that tight end. Fedorowicz is coming off a pretty good year they needed someone to step up there and Osweiler just couldn't get the ball on anyone else as we mentioned so Fedorowicz stepped up as a guy I think he's always had this kind of potential as an inline tight end who can slide out and make some catches and be effective in the passing game so I don't know if he's a guy necessarily to hold up had some injury issues pop up there as well but you think Fedorowicz is going to stay involved especially as uh, Fuller and Braxton Miller try to get back into good graces of this passing game and uh, find their role here in year two as well as finding their health. So you look across the board, the three principals, Hopkins, Lamar Miller, and Fedorowicz, all helped by the presence of Watson. So finally, we can end on the note of where should you look at Deshaun Watson individually and his value there as a QB? And is he in that QB1 conversation? Are we going to get Dak Prescott-type numbers where he's kind of right in the middle of the pack of QB1s, like that number five or number six in scoring, using his legs to kind of pad out his numbers, maybe get a few rushing scores? Is he going to be more efficient? And I would say there is that potential for sure. I think he's worth drafting in a lot of leagues, initially as a QB2. I think if you're waiting on a QB, which a lot of people have done recently, and that's a new strategy, if you're waiting on a QB and I think he's a guy you take as QB too and kind of toggle him as much as possible, play the matchups a little bit. It is the FC South. I know Jacksonville has improved defensively. Indianapolis and Tennessee are trying to do the same, but that's six games right there. There's some value immediately right off the bat. They get the Jaguars in a matchup. So I think there's some value there that Watson can have some games that are productive, not just because they're playing some shaky defenses, but the fact that uh, there could be, some shootout city in the AFC South just because of the firepower that Jacksonville has now with Fournette, Bortles probably being a little bit better, Andrew Luck and Mariota coming off strong seasons. So that uh, raises the potential for some higher scoring games and good fantasy football bonanzas there. So Watson with his arm, his legs, the weapons he has, looking uh, first off with Hopkins and then Miller, what he can play off of there. In Houston, I think he could have good individual value as a rookie. Look at Mitchell Trubisky. He's got to fight off Mike Glennon there to even get a shot in Chicago. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback of the future for the Chiefs with Alex Smith still starting. Deshaun Kaiser, you don't know what you're going to get as a project guy in the Browns system, and it's the Browns, so it's not a situation you're drawn to. And Davis Webb is just being stashed there for Eli Manning in the future. So, when you look at immediate value, Watson's the only guy that pops up in the radar. It's not like a couple years ago where uh, Winston and Mariota had some good value. Then last year, you had Carson Wentz have some good value early, but Prescott ended up being the steadier value as a rookie quarterback, and that Jared Goff was totally off the radar. I think 
you look at I would look at Watson kind of between Wentz and Prescott from last year. I'm not as high where I think Prescott was a bit of a twist, remember. He wasn't supposed to start. He stepped into a good situation and produced very well. I'd say that Watson is in a good situation, not as good as an offensive line, but definitely some good skill position talent around him. And I think he's kind of like Wentz, where he's got the winning resume, been on a national championship team that's used to winning. He steps into a organization where they're going to commit to looking at him as much as possible, want him to win the job, and are going to put him in a good position to succeed. So if you look at where Wentz ended up, kind of uh, in that QB2 range after a decent start and everyone was flocking to him in fantasy a bit, and between Prescott way overachieving, stepping in for Romo as a uh, very solid QB1, I think he, he lies somewhere in between there because the legs and the ability to score – and having Hopkins as his number one receiver. So he's a guy with a bullet to watch. I think this you'll feel a little bit better if you know for sure that he's going to start over Savage. I think that's going to materialize at some point here in his first offseason with the team. So Watson is a rookie. I think he's worth drafting late as a backup quarterback and see where things go, especially if you're going the platoon stream route with that, that position. You're looking to take a QB between 8 and 12 is your so-called QB1 who's really kind of a borderline QB2 and uh, kind of uh, have your options there with what Watson can do. So there you have it. There's how I kind of look at the Houston Texans offense now with uh, Deshaun Watson projected as the starting quarterback as a rookie first-round pick. We'll see how that plays out, but I think this is all positive signs for this offense, and that means positive signs for fantasy football in terms of uh, turning your attention to the Texans. So thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe on Audio Boomer iTunes to get this podcast delivered to you week daily. And check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Network. We're full swing with NBA playoffs and NBA draft coming up. NFL offseason, this is a good place to catch up when uh, you're trying to find out about your teams. We don't stop. We'll keep bringing you the analysis. Same here with Locked On Fantasy Football. Until next time, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll talk to you then. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.